Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right, Oilers fans. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that was a crazy game. 6-3. Matinee game. As far as matinees go, that's about as good as you can ask for. Uh, I'm super happy with the Oilers performance, at least after, you know, looking back at it as a total. There were a few things in there that obviously weren't fantastic but uh for the most part it was a, a a pretty solid game however i will say the reason why i seem a little flustered right now but halfway through the third period um chris johnson decided to light oilers twitter on fire tweeting out that the oilers re-engaged about eric carlson and i tried so hard to pay super close attention to the game make sure it was all good make sure i was getting a ton of notes make sure it wasn't just going to be another uh, edition of trade center game over uh but yeah, no, I got super distracted towards the end. So obviously we're going to touch on Eric Carlson. We're going to talk about Jack Campbell. We're going to talk about the short, the special teams performance. Uh, obviously McDavid showed up today. Uh, we're going to talk about the defense and pretty much everything that we always touch on. But first, yeah, I just want to say what's up to everyone in the chat. MGD, thanks for back after missing a game with us last last time. Mickinator, David W, thanks for joining us. I know it's an afternoon, so it's a, definitely a really weird time to be here. But yeah, how, how's it going, Dennis? What do you think of the game? You know what? This is one of my first matinee broadcasts, mm-hmm. so it's a little different. Things are, uh, I don't know. It, it seems like a, I'm a lot less focused watching the game at 1030 yeah. in the morning. So uh, like you said, I tried to to stay engaged, but yeah, I was scrolling Twitter a lot more than a typical Oilers game. And even, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the Eric Carlson news from SDPN's very own Chris Johnson. Yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, if you're going all in, I know you've been big on Chikrin, mm-hmm. but Carlson. Listen, listen, we're going big fish hunt. The only reason why I keep su- suggesting Chikrin is the cap it, right? Because Chikrin's a four point six million dollar cap it. Uh, obviously, you want someone with term like that's ideal. They both have term. Carlson is like a world class talent, multiple Norris trophy, still at playing at peak level, right? Uh, it's San Jose wants to get this contract off the books. Um, yeah, no, like I just keep suggesting chicken because I think it's more realistic just in terms of making the money work. And, you, and it's you, team friendly, you know? Well, yeah, that that's the only reason. But like if you can go out and get Eric Carlson, that is as close as you're ever going to see to Paul Coffey, Mark Messier, and Wayne Gretzky playing on a NHL ice surface again. So yeah, that's crazy. Let's let's touch on that towards the end though. Let's try it. Let's let's just talk about the game at the beginning here. Uh going into this game, I whenever the Oilers play the Senators, I always think about the nine the nine game winning streak they had against them in the bubble. The and bubble. Then, then last year oh, sorry. Canadian League, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then last year, I didn't even remember this, but I guess they were swept by the Senators. I, I to, that, two, that, two nothing, yeah. Complete, it was disappointing, yeah, to say the least. Completely left my mind. And then going into this game, I was a little bit nervous just because it was a matinee. But I always expect, I feel like the Oilers give a good performance against the Senators, obviously barring the two games last year. Uh, but I, I guess I found, I, did, I had no idea the sense of the second best power play in the NHL and they were riding a four-game winning streak. Uh, the puck was bouncing all over the ice early on. 
Uh, yeah, and it like an ODR out there. Oh my god, it was insane. The Oilers ended up going back to Jack Campbell, which we can argue. I don't think going into the game it was uh, the wrong decision. I think either way it didn't really matter. Uh, what do you think about the decision to start Jack Campbell? I'll start there. Honestly, you know it's going to be a back-to-back situation. You're going to either have to play Campbell against Montreal or against Ottawa. Campbell's been doing pretty good. Like He was riding a hot streak coming into this Um you know, Skinner, he's maybe regressed a little bit more. So it really depends. Are you more scared of the Senators or the Canadians? And at this point, I'm I'm a little bit more scared of the Senators. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to me. Throw in Campbell, who's been on a little bit more of a hot streak, and then Skinner tomorrow. You can probably count on him to steal a win from Montreal. But let's be honest, Campbell didn't play that good today. No. He ended up with an 897 save percentage. Sub 900, yeah, it's barely, but at the same time, he looked absolutely average. Well, I think if you look at the, yeah, the bad goals, like the Brandstrom goal specifically, that far out, that big of a muffin, I I place a lot of the blame of that on Jack Campbell, but also to me, that that isn't the strongest defending by Tyson Berry, right? You can you can step up and be a little more aggressive on that play. You can't allow Eric Brandstrom to beat you out wide and pull out for the shot. And yeah, so that wasn't the best play. But yeah, you'd like Campbell to stop that. I know it was a decent shot, but that can't be going in. And, you know, for a team with these type of aspirations, you can't allow goals like that. Uh, even the Claude Giroux goal, I think that was probably the only goal that was acceptable. That one's tougher because it's, it's off his foot, right? Yeah. And then yeah, and the, the Sanderson defense. goal. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. That that's the other one I was trying okay. to think of. The Sanderson goal. That was another one. Five hole, really far out. You'd like Jack Campbell to get down, be a little faster, be a little further out in the crease. Yeah. So two out of the three goals to me, I'd say I'd put directly on Jack Campbell. Just say straight up, you need saves there. Obviously, the Oilers won, and when you have an offense like the Oilers, you can afford to have these little miscues. Obviously, we're gonna want those cleaned up. Um, but it is again a 10:30 game. You're on the road. Just first part of a back-to-back. It's gonna be your third game in four nights tomorrow. Like I can see the mental errors coming again tomorrow. You're just gonna have to be able to outscore them. Uh, their power play showed up late. Ryan Eugene Hopkins got the power play goal. The where they really shine though was on the penalty kill once again. What do you think yeah. of the the PK? Well, it's weird, right? Because going to this game, like you said, I had no idea that Ottawa was the second best power play in the league. But you know what? Today was also a little bit weird for special teams in general. There was a lot of sort of even up calls officially on the score sheet. Ottawa was one for four. We were one for five. But so many of those power plays, I think at least two, maybe even three, ended up in four on four situations for at least some duration of time. So honestly, I think that all things considered, this team, they played all right. The penalty kill did what they needed to do. There were two chances. Uh, I can't remember which uh, which penalty it was, but there were two really big chances by the Ottawa Senators on one of their power plays. They didn't score, so that's that's a reassuring thing for Oilers fans. But you have to try and push guys out of the crease. Again, we saw a lot of activity in front of the crease tonight. You know, Campbell 
did a lot. A lot of the shots that beat him were outside, mm-hmm. which again comes with another bit of concern. But at least a lot of the increase activity was shut down today. And yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, when I think of Jack Hamlin, I'm glad. Um, I think it was Mickinator brought it up in the chat that he did stop that breakaway. There was a play early on, I believe it was in the first, where Jesse made a really, really nice pass to a Vander Kane, and it looked like a Vander Kane was open to shoot, but he opted to drop it back for the trailer, who was Tyson Berry. And to me, I thought it was a really good pass, but this, I think, is twofold. Kind of the puck was bouncing a lot tonight, but Tyson Berry kind of flubbed the pass, went behind him, and, and our friend Derek Brassard, uh, went in on a on a breakaway, which breakaway. Jack Campbell stood up really big on, right? So that was a good play that Campbell made. But obviously, despite, even though he did make that save, you still expect him to stop those two floaters because he, those just can't go in. And I see Shaden in the chat with the Carlson, and we're gonna get into Carlson more. We'll I got there because I could do this entire show on the Carlson talk. I just we have to talk about the game first. I we have to. And, and ju- hey, yeah. hey Zach, you know what I've noticed? What after game? You didn't do, give us a like goal, so oh. I'll do it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 6-3 game. We just spent a little bit of time talking about Jack Campbell. So let's flip that around. Let's do 36. Can 36. We 36 likes? Yeah, absolutely. What a great like goal, Dennis. That was that was a veteran pull right there. I'm uh, Wow, you, you should start doing those more often. That was that was fantastic. But yeah, no, and just a, another thing to build on with the penalty deal. Two short-handed goals today, right? First one was an amazing world-class effort from Connor McDavid going back, stealing the buck from Thomas Shabbat, and just fending off two Senators defenders for like what ten seconds, just yeah, holding onto the puck. What he kind of that oh, for so long? That, and, and keep in mind the backhand dish to McLeod afterwards. The guy's got eyes on the back of his head. That was incredible. And McLeod, of course. <laughs> He's he buried that easy peasy. You got oh. the two fastest guys on the team. Yeah, th- that was Forsberg made a good effort to get over, but McLeod had it was a good finishing attempt. That wasn't just a tap in. McLeod had to put some good nice finish on it. He did, and that went in, and that made the play look so much better. That was fantastic to see. That was one of the, probably the second loudest I jumped and yelled for a goal this game. It was it uh, that was impressive. And then just to build on that later in the game, Derek Ryan to ice it kind of with put the put it away with the the chip or whatever just a bit of a chop off yeah yeah a bit of a chop off of a kulak pass but this is what you you say right in hockey there's a couple of mantras the solid one that was proved tonight just put pucks on net yeah exactly it happened it happened in our favor and in ottawa's favor and you see when they put pucks on net when they work hard they have the skill to beat teams like this even though ottawa up front is a really skilled team that's why it's so frustrating against teams like columbus and philly when you see that they're not doing what they're capable of and they Failing, but yeah, no, this is 11 games straight straight with a point. They haven't lost in regulation since they lost to the LA Kings. This is a really impressive run. Uh, let's hope they continue it tomorrow. Um, but yeah, and we're no. now one point, one point off of uh, Vegas. You know? Yeah, Vegas, of course, uh, since is now this is as good as time of any. Vegas obviously had a little bit of an injury situation with uh, Logan, Logan Thompson, Thompson going down yesterday, mm-hmm. so this is this is unfortunate goalies going down you never want to see it and we'll talk about the one that happened today as well but the oilers have a chance now the pacific first place is wide open they can rack up a lot of points the west is wide open like they could win the west really easily like i think that i shouldn't say easily but there's a route to them winning the west and it was a very important game when it was tied 3-3 i was really nervous because you looked over at the the box score in the calgary game calgary was out shooting buffalo 38 to eight or eight whatever or something yeah 
And they ended up winning 7-2. So this was a, a very important game to win to keep that distance between yourselves and the Flames and keep yourself at the top. And LA's playing Pittsburgh tonight. We're getting into standings watching season. And yeah, so this is a game that you had to come through. And when it was tied 3-3, I was pretty upset. I thought yeah. there were a number of plays early on in the game. Like Cody Cece in the first period was beat three separate times on really bad pinches uh, it, yeah. for a Senator's two-on-one or odd man rush. And that does not look good. Like, to me, there's and more and more apparent, obvious issues in CeCe's game, and it's starting to really be a factor. And I think that is partially why Nurse gets so much hate. Like, Nurse makes his mistakes. Like, today, Shane Pinto, by the way, on a Senator's power play, right. nutted him like they're in the World Cup. That was... that. Oh, that, that, that was, was rough. A, that was one of the... Oh, that was dirty. Oh. But, like, let's be honest. You're right. We, we're asking CeCe to do a little bit too much. Obviously, during the playoff rush... He did fantastic. He was lights out, but during this this season, it seems like we're definitely overloading him a little too much. And you're right, it splashes well, over onto Nurse as well. And this just goes to our conversation that we're going to get into more about why they need, they need, they need, it is not a want, it is a need, a top pairing defenseman, right or left shot, don't care, pick your poison. But and yeah, hey, one of the... One of the guys that you keep saying about, he can play both. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, a chicken can. I don't think Carlson exactly. can, but yes. Um, but hey, I hmm. want to quickly shout out Black Masakar yes. in chat. I know uh, he's a European viewer. Good morning. Uh, Good confused. evening. Good it's evening. a game in the evening for him. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. I know this is a little bit of a departure get, for you. Yeah, they get to be back tomorrow. Uh, ten, another evening game. It's probably perfect if you live in Europe. So... I, I mean, we, we shouldn't be complaining too much because there's people like Black Mascara who are up at 1, 2, 3 in the morning watching Oilers games, right? So I, I could not even imagine that lifestyle. So kudos to you for being here. I'm glad that you get to treat yourself at least once to a uh, regular timed game, which is pretty funny to say. But yeah, no, I thought the Oilers, like early on, and even in the first period, what, they outshoot this. They were outshooting the centers, what, 11 to 2 with seven, 10 minutes left. It was a really good start. They probably could have capitalized a bit more. They had a post, the sense at a post. Uh, but again, the puck was bouncing. It was an afternoon game. You don't really put too much stock into that. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was pretty good. Like, let's let's go over a quick little thing. Uh, between the first period and the third period, Pulley Arvey. Oh, man, beautiful chance to start the first period. Right up, right? 30 seconds into the game, I jumped off my couch because you just, you feel for him. You want him to score so bad. You feel so bad for him. The amount of abuse and hate that the guy takes is so undeserved. And I am so sick of arguing about trade him, don't trade him, play him, don't play him. I'm so sick of it. It. I'm so burnt out. I don't care. Play him two minutes, play him 25, score, don't score. But eventually we all know the writing's on the wall. But to see him have that play and not put put it in, that was upsetting. And then when it's tied 3-3, for him to come out with a beautiful effort, reach for the puck, take the shot, and it was a vintage Pooley RV goal. Uh, he went far side. Bar, I think it was posting in. It was yeah, fantastic. And and when they immediately just said, oh, that might be offside. I, I would have burst into tears if they called that goal back. I, it's okay. Uh, he, he's not Zach Hyman, that, so he's not uh, going to exactly. get the call back. That was the <laughs> loudest I screamed in quite some time watching an Oilers game. Because, you know, we're in the dog days. There's now nine games left until the trade deadline. All you can focus on really is deadline acquisitions. That's all anyone could think about. These are the games that are just like, you're like, come on, let's get through these. Let's get to the last the, the last stretch before the playoffs here. This is this is where it gets rough. And to see a goal like that from a player that you want to see succeed, it was fantastic. 
upset trade value, uh, I might add as well. Uh, so that was really good. And Mickinator, exactly what I said right in the chat. Right at the same right time. Right at the same time. Mickinator. So that, yeah. Great point. Great minds to think alike. That that was fantastic. It was great to see. Uh, great to see. There was a play also. Like another guy, like to me, that just changed the complexion of the blue line is Vincent DeHarnay. There was a play early on mm-hmm. where uh, I think it was Tim Stutzla. So not a bad forward by any means. Tries driving wide on Stutzla, but DeHarnay in his draft arms just reaches his stick out, and you can't go anywhere on that guy. You can't get around him. Right to me, that's that reach. That's it's- just as good as anything you could get from a Joel Edmondson. He's bigger. He's probably a little more. He's probably more mobile just based on the fact. Joel Edmondson's been injured for, you know, six years. Like, I think this guy changes the complexion. I know it's a small sample size, but I think there's a... You can have a small sample size and still be objective in your evaluation and understand that, okay, we've seen it. This isn't a red flag. This isn't Jesse Pouliard. I shouldn't use Jesse as the example. This isn't... uh, I don't know. I, I who am I trying? This isn't a. Uh, I'm trying to think of. The others don't really have a brand. This isn't a uh, James Hamblin. Let's say James Hamblin came up and got a hat trick. We're not putting James Hamblin on the top unit power play. We're not. You know, James Hamblin's still going to end up back in Bakersfield eventually. I think what we've seen from Vincent DeHarnay in the role that the Oilers want him to be in is good long term, and I don't think we've seen a, a drop off when it comes to a better opponent. I think he's been very consistent. He's played very well, and he has better puck skills than anyone has expected. So that, thank God, has allowed them to shift off their pursuit of Mister Defensive Defenseman, Mister Left Handed Adam Larson, who doesn't exist. Um, you know, so I'm pretty yeah. happy with that. I'm. You're right. I I totally love the way that he plays. He's just a big, tall guy as well. Mm-hmm. You saw in in one of those stoppages. I can't remember who it was. I think it was probably Kachuk. He's in the grill. Oh yeah, it was Kachuk. And Vinny just yeah, that, I'm gonna chop you a that's couple times. What Black Massacre is referring to? And then right after, yeah. you thought I thought DeHarnay was gonna go with Kachuk, and then right after they say, "Oh, Kachuk's gonna go," so I get ready. And I see a Vander Kane fighting. What yeah. was? Like the really man's made cool. out of steel. I was shocked he was fighting. Like I, I that's a caliber of player I kind of expect him to fight. Like those are two power forwards who can score goals uh, and are really impactful on on both of their teams. So I understand it, but like I did not think Kane had the medical approval to take a fight. So I was a little worried. I'm not gonna lie that he was gonna really hurt himself. Doesn't seem like he did. Seemed like he was fine. Finished the game. Well, we'll see how he plays tomorrow. But yeah. Uh, one thing I just wanted to ask before, because I didn't hear anything about this in the game, and if anyone in chat knows, you can let me know. When Jesse was in, because there's no morning skate, there's nothing like that when it's a game like this, Was is Warren Fogle scratched, or was he hurt? I, I think Warren Fogle has a bit of a day-to-day situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like it's major, but it's it's conveniently day-to-day. And, I mean, let's talk about it as well. Costin went down the tunnel uh, in the third yeah. period as well. Um from what it looks like, it's hard because we don't have a good angle. We'll know tomorrow. But, but he, he might be scratched tomorrow, to be honest with you. Well, you can't he, scratch him. Who would you... I guess Shore's with the team. You could play Shore. I'd rather just play could. 10 forwards, to be honest. I think that'd be a better option. Well, my, hope is, my hope is Fogel can probably play again. Or, you know... Yeah. It's, it's tough to say because... When he was going off, he had his shoulder in a little bit of a like a baby hold position. Right? Yeah, that was from so the that... hit from Zub. And then Fogel, I would assume, because I remember he did a he took a shot block or shot off the leg or something, and he ended yeah. up walking up, but he finished the game. So 
I don't know I, what that was. I think that was off of a Broberg shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was a Broberg. It was a Broberg shot. It was a Broberg shot for sure. That's what yeah. exactly what it was. Um, but so we might have to play with Shore. It depends on the extent of Fogo's injury. It depends on how Kleem's feeling. It mm -hmm. might be a shoulder or wrist. Those are typically the two injury points when you're you're doing this cupping sort of pose. So. We'll we'll have to see how it goes. The good thing is tomorrow's against Montreal, yeah. So not exactly elite so, no, competitors. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't take not anyone lightly. Like, there's this has been a stretch of you know subpar out of the playoff uh, opponents, but you can't take anyone lightly. Anyone could lose to anyone, so that's why I don't put as much stock into that argument. Obviously, I would like to see like when the Oilers go on their next stretch against the Rangers in Colorado and Boston and Toronto and all these teams. So that's going to be a much better measuring stick. Hopefully, we'll have Eric Carlson on the team by that time so we can ha have a little better idea of what they're going to look like in the playoff. Master T says Klim looks like a collarbone, so thanks for your uh, insight there. That's a, That could be. I don't know. We didn't hear anything, and Dennis and I go live right after the game, so we don't get to see Jay Woodcroft's interview until we finish. But if anyone gets an update or whatnot, uh, if they want to let us know, that'd be uh, fantastic. I thought Evan Bouchard played really well today. I thought he was, to me, probably the the standout. I think he was the best. Yeah. The best Just, defender on the team. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna, trying to get at. I, I highlighted Dehard Knight. No, 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 no. Don't, don't apologize. <laughs> I was saying it without saying it. It was good for you to just come out and actually say the best defender on the team. I thought uh, him and Broberg together again, they moved the puck really well. He was getting his shots. He was creating chances. He missed the net. And again, he's just going to go on a shooting percentage bender because this shooting percentage has got to be really low. Uh, and he's going to climb up, and he's going to score a bunch of goals. And I thought uh, also late in the game, uh, after Forsberg got hurt, and we could touch on that in a little bit, uh, I thought that second power play unit when they were out there, the Holloway, Bouchard, Kane, I, I thought they were moving the puck around really well. Like th That unit yeah. has some really high-skilled players, and they're going to... Fin they can finish on that as well. I thought Bouchard played excellent today. I was really impressed with this game. But yeah, let's touch on that last goal, the RNH power play goal that uh, got Forsberg uh, pulled out of the game. What'd you see on that play? Yeah, you know, I, I love plays in the crease because, you know, I, I grew up in an era where Ryan Smith was the hero for the team, and I just love seeing dirty goals off of rebounds, sticks and pucks and scrambles. I love seeing that kind of thing. And RNH, he's a smart player. He's a cerebral player. He knows that there's going to be a lot of activity in front. And all you need to do is just wait on the outside. There's just going to be a little bit of a trickle. And if you can get to that puck before a defender can clear it, bang it right home. Now, of course, the, the sad thing is Hyman got pushed into Forsberg. So it wasn't really a, a difficult shot to make um forsberg just didn't get up yeah it was after a bad play switched. by hammond like i don't know what he was thinking was gonna happen to be honest with you um there's this weird thing where defenders are just pushing guys into their own goalies mm -hmm. it's it's been i i have never seen that you know in in the previous decades of watching hockey somehow in the last two or three years that's become like a standard play you're just on the wrong side of the crease. You're not boxing a guy out. You're pushing a guy in mm -hmm. like that. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, maybe part of it is because of the lack of clarity on goaltender interference. Mm -hmm. What is goaltender yeah. interference these days? Yeah. So you're hoping, hey, 
maybe I shove a guy doesn't get called. And mm-hmm. if they do score, it gets called back. Yeah, it was, uh, and, and Nuge ended up potting, uh, yeah, Nuge ended up potting that goal. So Nuge gets a point today. Hyman had two, McDavid had three, Drysaddle came back. I think Drysaddle had two. Uh, yeah, much better game. Leon, I think, had six shots. He rang a post on the power play early on. He like, had eight shots. Eight, eight. Okay. Dude, dude was a engine today this but just nothing this in. is the leon we expect this is the engaged <laughs> leon who's drawing calls who's pissing people off who's scoring goals and just a biff force just a dominant force for your team yeah so this was a much better game from leon let's see if well, it will continue we don't have to hope or pray that it continue we know yeah. it'll continue i think all he, the guys he drew the penalty from zub on that final power play yeah exactly so. exactly there you go he was engaged that's like that's all you want to see because i know for leon sometimes it's tough for him to get back in the swing of things it took a couple games to get back in but now he's back. Hopefully he's back for the stretch run. And I'm not worried at all about the playoffs because when the playoffs come, we know both of those two guys are going to elevate to another level. So that's not what you have to worry about. What you have to worry about is even like Black Mask Gary pointed out uh, in chat, the Kulak had a great, had a good game today. He's had two two points, two primary assists. He played really well. But that play, that pairing with Barry, man, there were some a number of uh, defensive miscues, like just missing matchups. Not just not overall solid. a little bit too yeah. aggressive. I don't. I can't even pinpoint on one play specifically. I think there was just a number of plays where it seemed like they were almost soft, like they were flat footed. They were a step behind the Senators players, right? The Senators were snapping it around, and I think if the puck, the puck was bouncing for both teams, right? So it was equal playing field. But it, I think one of the weird things that I noticed uh, is it just me or do the Ottawa forwards just have a guy really deep? Like, yeah, there's there's a dude who's just cherry picking. He's waiting for those breakout passes. Yeah, so, they, I I think it was uh I know Derek Broussard was hit a number of times. That the Brinkett almost had one. Um, I, I I've never seen. Oh, by the way, I've never seen Evan Bouchard as mad as he was when uh, oh. Alex DeBrin. I thought they were going to fight. I genuinely thought they were going to fight. I was shocked that he didn't. Um, no, I mean he he he's a dad, right? So yeah, he's got that dad face. That's true. The disappointed stare. Oh, he was <laughs> saying a, it looked like a little bit more than just disappointment was coming out of his mouth. But uh, yeah, no, I I digress on that. But yeah, no, they played really well. All the big dogs got points. We have four guys on pace for 100 points. I don't think that's happened since the I believe it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, back in the early 1990s, so almost 30 years since that. And imagine, imagine we get to take that, those 400 point forwards on one power play unit, and in ha- instead of having a certified scrub on the point, we replace that with a 100 point Hall of Fame, high, like Norris caliber defenseman. Oh my God. Talk about happy. I have been like, I can sit here and I can acknowledge uh, a lot of Ken Holland's, uh, some of Ken Holland's good moves. Like, I like Kane, I like Hyman, I like Nugent Hopkins, um, I, I like Holloway. There's a number of plays I can say. I, I like Clem Costin, even though that's just a minor trade, but everyone seems to talk about it like it was when the LA Kings acquired Wayne Gretzky. Um, anyways, there, but there's also been a number of miscues. There's the Cassian contract. He, I think, believe he was the one who signed Alex Chase on to a way too long, way too expensive contract. Um, there, there's been a number of things with Holland, and even the fact that Holland just is seems like he's scared or very tentative, at least at prior deadlines to go all in. And we've heard him in interviews, been like, I don't know, the old money in, money out, the old everyone remembers the quotes, like 
82, 83, 84, plus the 5, less the 4, 84, 85, 1, 2, 3. They, where he just started counting and saying random numbers out of order. Uh, it sounded like he was having a... I, I, I was tempted to call 911 after that interview. I thought there was a medical emergency happening. But uh, we were obviously fine. And uh, Yeah, so this is the year, though. He We've heard him say in the past, he can't go all in every year. You have four 100-point forwards. You're getting better, even barring takeaway tonight, you're getting better goaltending than anyone could have expected. Your big hole is defensively, I know we can sit here and say, yeah, their big hole is the fourth line left wing. That's where the Bob Stoffer on the broadcast, oh, the big hole, fourth line left wing. They need a Sam Lafferty type, which that's what they need. Sure. And, it, he, narrative. and he compared it to Colorado acquiring Andrew Cogliano. Sure. That was a fine pickup for Andrew Cogliano. What, they pay like a fifth round pick for Andrew Cogliano, something like that. But you know what yeah, Colorado yeah. also did? They went out and they acquired uh, top Josh Manson. Josh Manson. And Devon Taves, who is a top 10 defenseman in the NHL. They, like, we can't be like, oh yeah, Cogliano's what put Colorado over the top. Because no, it's not. That is not true. Yeah, Cogliano helped. Every player on that team helped. But if you're going to, like, the impact additions that Colorado made through trade were on their blue line. They won the Stanley Cup. They swept the Oilers. The, the Oilers, they, yeah. They looked dominant, too. Oh, right? my God. That's yeah. the difference, too. Their defense shut down the Oilers some games. Our, so Our forwards, I would pick over Colorado's. I think Edmonton's forwards can go toe-to-toe any game with anyone in the NHL. They're the best forward group in the league. I'd pick them over anyone, bar none. But the problem is, when you have that support system of the top six that Colorado has below their forwards that might be a couple rungs lower, it elevates them just so much higher. So if you could take a player, whether it's Chicken or Carlson, I'm going to be easy. I don't care. Pick either one. And you plug them in, you can elevate your forward group when they're on the ice with those elite defensemen. And you change the entire complexion of your team. You can beat people. You can change your matchup game. It completely changes everything. That makes you a force for the cup. You want to win a cup. This is your chance. No one cares about the future there's no point in saving any picks the picks mean nothing truly truly mean nothing you should for the next four years they mean absolutely nothing. yeah no carlson signed for four more years if, if you pay if, if they want three first round picks and then they'll retain whatever it uh, whatever it costs to make the contracts Fuck. work do sorry, it sorry no. sorry but like if you're if you're giving away four first round picks or like throw in like a first prospect like a big a-list prospect get a third team involved get like an arizona I, I don't arizona's I, not doing anything listen listen for I, the next four years oh, what i love of a third team got involved the, the difference is no because carlson's contract is so big no team yeah. and you can only retain i think it is on three contracts at one time in the nhl the way the cap works no yeah. team arizona is already retaining on two to the, the amount that you're gonna have to pay to get arizona to rate retain a portion of carlson's deal is not gonna be worth it they're gonna want evan bouchard just to retain that like it's it, you have to make the whatever the deal is you're going to have to make it work between you and San Jose. But San Jose, especially if you're giving them contracts that are going to expire, like Barry or Fo or Pugliarvi, uh within the next calendar year, then you, you're, you, you should be good to make it work. If you could get them to retain 35% of Carlson's salary, get his cap hit down to like 7 or 7.5, you send Tyson Barry out the door because obviously that's your replace. Like he take all of Barry's minutes. There's no Spots, point having yeah. Barry. You, you still have Bouchard. Uh, you send Barry out the door, and then you have your whether it's Puliarvi, it's Yamamoto, it's Fogel. I truly don't care, but it's you have um you have that three million. You have like seven point five, seven point six, whatever in, in in money going out the door. So you just get them to retain enough on Carlson to match that exact salary going out the door, and it should be fine. 
to me, the biggest question is, uh, do does Carlson wave to come to Edmonton for four more years? Because it's quite the lifestyle change going from San it Jose. Is. For If it was one year, I think he would do it no problem. But it's four. But it's four. But again, he had a good run in Ottawa. I don't think, unless it's His purely wife's a Canadian lifestyle too. thing. Yeah, unless it's purely a lifestyle thing, I don't think he would negate any trade here it's a chance to win you're going to be here for at least three years with a chance to win if not four and and just to double check actually arizona is they're only retaining on oel and, and okay. that's a tiny but, amount but again so arizona's cheap is there to get them to they, they are like it's going to be so like it's not worth it the assets it's going to get you to be call. a lot you get, that this is a deal if this was if it's patrick kane and you want to send Patrick Kane through Arizona and you give them a third or fourth round pick to hold on to that $280,000 cash that it would cost them to pay for those extra 19 games and retain, I, Arizona will do that. And they're saving spots to do that for other teams to facilitate those deals at the deadlines. There's no chance they, they do it. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, if you're Kenny Holland and you're the general manager, you're the you're the most expensive general yep. manager, yep. you got to pick up the phone. Absolutely. Right? you you got to call Bill Armstrong and be like, hey, this is out there. Absolutely. But if you're willing, I'll give you like a first. I'll 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 give you I, like I'll I, give you hollow. I take those assets that you would put into that, and I, I bad. And I'm Mister Fuck the Future, but like, I don't know, man. Holloway. <laughs> oh, jeez. I Here's don't know. Like, Holloway. Holloway is amazing. But you you said it but best. Also, like it's gonna be hard to make this work. Mm-hmm. And if you if you want to go for it, like if you really want Eric Carlson at what like. It's, it's seven. It would be around seven-ish. Yeah, but you, you, you can't. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's just too like crazy. 50, 50 on on San Jose is going to be like three firsts, maybe like an uh, A-list prospect. Th- but too. three firsts, I think you can do. And I don't think... And if it's your a I think you could do three firsts if they're retaining 50%. I don't yeah. think you would have to add on an A-list prospect for that. I think... I, I, I truly don't if, if it's three firsts coming. It, it also depends. You, you know what? You are right in that this year it seems like it's oddly been a buyer's market so obviously we've For only had certain rentals. players right we've only had rentals yes. happen so but, far but so but it's a guy with a no move clause and they can tell you where they want to go and stop any trade then that kind of negates that because it's it's True. it's it's just this guy with term will only go there and then you two have to work at a deal amongst yourselves it's not necessarily a buyer's or a seller's thing i think at that point i just but well, in the chat i see some nurse for carlson stuff that that is the one it's a lateral move nurse is capable of playing a lot better uh nurse if carlson came maybe carlson's partner um nurse is obviously overpaid by a couple million doesn't it doesn't matter you're moving nurse you're you he's part of your core he's best friends with mcdavid and dry if they if they win in edmonton it's going to be here you're just gonna you gotta hope nurse plays better he's overpaid move on you're not moving nurse for carlson yeah uh why would san jose do that they're trying to get rid of the money nurse you only move Nurse when it's time to blow it up and rebuild. Yeah, and Nurse is signed for That's not. It. Nurse will be here for eight more years or seven more yeah. years after this year. Like he's not going anywhere. It like that, that is just stuff. San Jose doesn't want eight years of Darnell Nurse. <laughs> like they're trying to get rid of Carlson. That's the thing. Carlson is having a resurgent year. He's gonna be. He's a front runner for the Norse. This is the highest San Jose ever is motivated. San Jose is motivated because. This contract is $11 million. Even if Carlson was ha- on a pace for 70 points this year, I don't think this is even a conversation. I think San Jose needs to understand that 
this is their window to get rid of this contract, especially if you're going all out. You're getting rid of Timo Meyer. You're gonna be. You're gonna try to lose. You don't want a guy who can is capable of scoring a hundred points on your blue line and dragging to wins. You want to lose. You want Connor Bedard. This is the best draft to tank in. You're. They are going to be motivated to get it to work. I think it. It maybe it goes back and forth. I would love if this happened though. I would change my stance on Ken. I, I, you need a big swing. You need it. You need it. You need it. You need it. I cannot emphasize that enough. How much this needs to happen. You make yeah. it work. You figure out the assets. You call Mike Greer. Three first doesn't matter. If it, you can do it for two and a prospect and pull Arvin and Barry and whatever, you make it work. Have if if to it's gonna it. be, if it's gonna be better negotiating power for the deadline, you do it. And and this is the nice thing too, right? If you're only talking Chikrin, 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 there's no one else. There's no one else. Gavrikov's not needed anymore. Chikrin, Chikrin, Chikrin. This is really bad for negotiating. So mm-hmm. even just opening the Carlson discussion is great for your discussions with Bill Armstrong in Arizona. Because yeah. you can say like, hey, you know, Greer, he's got ties to the Oilers organization. We're, we're you know, a bit buddy-buddy here. Like we might be able to make a deal work. That gives a little bit more pause. Now, Chikrin, of course, he has more suitors. Yeah, it's more likely nowhere- that that is a that is to me that is one of the players who it would be a seller's market for because there's a yes. Boston and LA and Edmonton of you pick your team like Jacob Chikrin could uh, if you any thirty two team teams in the NHL compete. could use Jacob Chikrin if anyone hasn't seen Craig Button's rant on uh, TSN twelve sixty and the Jason Greger show go watch it there's a clip on Twitter that's forty seconds or go listen to the podcast version they where they talk about it longer but Craig Button uh articulates my feelings perfectly it it hurts more like what do we care about these assets it hurts more not to do anything than to not do these assets if like this might upset people if you don't make a trade this year if you don't go all in and you end up losing trade mcdavid because what is the point hilariously i have twitter open on my other tab same brain moment oily gifts 12 seconds ago when Mm -hmm. the oilers strike out on carlson but get chikrin Oh, big brain negotiating tactic, right? Like you got to try and create opportunities. And if it's going to be like a bit of a negotiation tactic, we don't actually have any interest in Carlson, but we're doing it for the sake of like, hey, let's stay active. Let's see if we can get any extra movement, even like a tiny asset, even Mm -hmm. if it means going from like, instead of giving up a Reed Schaefer, you're giving up like, I don't know. Kyle Tulio. Yeah, like a Tyler Kyle Tulio or like a Matt V. Petrov. I value Matt Petrov and I might be in the memory. Petrov leads the <laughs> I, OHL. I the he leads the OHL in scoring. Like, but he's in the OHL. And I, again, I get it. Four years. I put him above Schaefer, and I know probably most people, just because Schaefer's younger, he still has a point per yes. game. They'll put him in the yeah. But I think Petrov will be really good, and he probably doesn't have that much value around the league. Just, anytime you're a car Savoy. Yeah. Right? Any, Whatever the name might be. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, sorry. If, I went if off. it means going from like a little bit of a higher price to a little bit of a lower price. I want my GM to make those calls, right? You, you gotta try. Mm-hmm. And I don't fault him for some of the, like the Athanasiu trade, you know, the, the Cassian contract, a lot of things happened, COVID salary cap, you know, the, all of that changed on him. I don't fault him for things like that. Yeah. Every team really predict. With. There's two, two things that with the COVID thing, every single team, Boston gave up a first for Andre Kasha. Every team had to deal with COVID. I'm not someone who will sit here and be like, why do you trade two first? Were there better yeah. players you could have traded two first for? Probably. Devon K is on for two first, like right around the same time. Yeah. The, it, 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 that would have been cool. But I'm, I, I like when my GM 
shows the players that he sees what they're doing and he goes, I'm doing everything in my power to get you to win. This is the and best they could. This is the best we might ever see the Oilers look in Connor McDavid's career. That's yeah. why, like, who knows? You never know what the future holds. You Out, go outside now. of the eight, late 80s. This is it. This is the dream team, right? Mm -hmm. Like, other than the fact that we had a team that was literally called the greatest team in existence. If yeah. it wasn't for that one year, this team is the building blocks of the greatest team of, in existence. And if we win a couple of cups, holy moly, could you believe it? Now, like, if, if I'm an employee... Right. If I'm a hockey player and I, I fly around the country and I get knocked into the boards, I risk injury all the time. I, I want to see at least my GM getting on a flight, going to watch a team in fucking Ohio, <laughs> like mm -hmm. in, in you know a random part of the country. I want to see him putting in the work. Maybe it doesn't produce any results out of it, but if it's flying around just to get a better deal mm -hmm. on a trade i want to see him put in those miles because boy like the oilers organization is not is not cheaping out on airfare Let's right see. yeah no I, I i i just i want them to do it how they do it i don't care in chat you see so down the road do we look at trading dry to keep mcdavid and use this to get a cup it's mcdry or this team dies i'm telling you right now that if you get rid of leon dry saddle before his contract ends Connor McDavid will not be an Oiler in the 26-27 season. Guarantee, I, I will 100%. If Leon Draisaitl is not here, Connor McDavid will not be here. Again, we have no clue what the future holds of those two. They could re-up July 1st when they're eligible. But in order for that to get them to do that, you need to do everything you can to give them every tool in the toolbox to win. They have, they have a lot of the tools now. Like This team is pretty well off. Just in comparison to all the other teams, you have the opportunity. There are players available that put you over the top into the stratosphere of teams you think of, like the '84 Oilers, the '70s Canadians, the '2011 Bruins, the you know the Tampa Bay Lightning. Call it like you could elevate yourself into that stratosphere of teams that have won cups. That's why yeah. you do whatever it can to take it. You, like I don't care. Okay, you you give up a pick that becomes Shakabir Mohamedoulin or whatever. When Igor Sharangovich, <laughs> who gives a shit? Like, truly, it doesn't matter. Give up three first. They look at the NBA. They Like, look at the Kevin Durant trade. Like, there are people get, when you have the chance to win, you give your futures up. When you eventually want to get those assets back, you have enough players, too, that make, like, Bouchard, 925, Holloway, uh, 925 for multiple seasons after this. McLeod is going to probably not be that expensive. You have players, Broberg, if you don't move Broberg, that are cheap, that you can use. So when you have this, $8 million defenseman, $9 million defenseman, 12, 13, $14 million forwards. You can supplement them with that. That's why you have them now. So you use the other picks, you send them out the door, and you go this year. And then when the cap, and you deal with your problems that come later down the road, and you just, you know, look at your Stanley Cup ring and make everything feel a little bit better. Exactly, right? It, like you look at how much Pittsburgh is paying. I mean, Crosby took a really team friendly deal. It, yeah. Maybe his, his, maybe a little bit of, uh, well, with Crosby, number. I believe that Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby at the time of the like age extensions, uh, they signed for the same percentage of salary cap. Just the difference is yeah. that Connor McDavid's the cap was like thirty million dollars higher uh, when yeah. Crosby signed. But so yeah. even if they aren't actively like, oh, we're gonna win another one, we're gonna win another one, like this team, if they play their cards right, 
could have a, a penguin sort of situation where even if we aren't necessarily going to be competing 10 years down the line, at least we have these guys that are highly marketable. We're just going to keep trying. And then when they all decide to retire, when Crosby, Malkin, Latang, when they all decide to retire, we're going straight into a rebuild. Yeah. Like that's the case. If you can pull this off, if you have McDavid, Dreisaitl, and let's say Nurse, right? If they're around and they're the core until they're 40 or something and they all decide to retire, mm-hmm. that's just like, fine. Just like Pittsburgh. You've still made money on Mm -hmm. the fact that you have these stars. And if you win a cup or two, they they don't care anymore. They'll be here. You'll look at your cup ring and you go, yeah, I'll just make my whole career here in Edmonton. And and they have the belief in them that they can do it again. Like you look, Sidney Crosby won in 2009 and he, they didn't win for a while, but they had continued playoff success. And then they retooled and they, he knew that he had, that he was going to be given ever opportunity to win in Pittsburgh. So he stayed there. He re-signed in Pittsburgh and they ended up winning two more cups, right? Teams like Boston, Boston trades their, it seems like they trade their first round pick every year. They've been in the playoffs and really good cup contenders since what, 2010, 2009. I mean, the Bruins, they, they don't really hit on their first round picks anyway. It's well, yeah, and but it seems like like they're one of the rumored top destinations for Jacob Chicken. They're, they're the best teams. They're the best team in the NHL. They have one of the best defenses. They have Charlie McAvoy. They have uh, Hampus Lindholm. They have Brandon Carlo. They have so many. They have Derek Forward. They have tons of players who are real, are pretty good. And you, you're going to supplement that with Jacob Chicken? If they see the value in there and they you know say what you want about the Bruins front office, but when it comes to pure hockey NHL pro moves, they seem to be know what they're doing, clearly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, think about it. If, if, if this the Bruins are running that same sort of play, it would have been over when Chara decided to move on. Mm-hmm. It would have been over, you know, coming up when whenever Patrice Bergeron decides to retire. You know, that would be the time when you say, okay, pack it up, we're rebuilding. But they still have, they have yeah, Pasternak, the they have Marshawn, they have Hall. They have managed to build this organization mm-hmm. in such a manner where it doesn't matter that our stars have started to wean off. We're still going to be super competitive even though we aren't hitting on draft picks, that's fine. You can you, you, you make them yeah, become Vincent, a destination. Vincent DeHarnay, seventh round pick. Matvey Petrov, I think it was a fifth or sixth round pick. Like you have guys, you have the ability. Uh, it's what was Stuart Skinner was a third round pick. Ryan McLeod was a second round pick. You have the, I know those were different regimes, but we the Oilers have the ability, and the best teams do to get the best get NHL quality players from the later rounds, and the te- and that, that's how they stay good. They move their top picks. For players that are good now, can help them now, and they supplement with picks. Tampa Bay, where they get Brandon Point, third round. Who's it? Alexander yeah. Barboulet, Ross Coleman, like t- tons of players on Tampa Bay. Uh, Eric Cernak. Like we can go down the list. Every good team uses late round picks, and they supplement and they trade their first round pick out the door every year. That's where we are. That's what we got to do. We could do this forever. Uh, so and we're running a bit long. So let's try and uh, wrap it up here. But I see everyone in chat kind of agrees. Super Strike Oilers have the best player in the world. It'll be very sad if they never win with him. They'll be at ESPN thirty for thirty. They'll be movies made, books made. This would be it would be a fail on epic proportions. Bo- McInerney says Boston wants to win. The Oilers should want to win too, and that's why. If it's whether it's Eric Carlson or Jacob Chicken, doesn't matter. It needs to be done. If it's anything less than those two, I, I might sound spoiled. I might sound this might sound stupid to me. I'll be very, very, very disappointed in the in it the management shakes, team. It shakes you to your core, right? Yeah, there's it a route. Shake, 
it would shake fans into you know what we saw with the season ticket holders maybe i don't want to cheer for this team at least not as hard oh, as i have in the past i'll be gone if if, if, if it doesn't work with 97 29 i'll be first out the door well my i'll have a ufa sign and i'll wherever 97 goes i will follow if, if they if they f this up that bad but it seems let's not think like that because clearly they Kevin's trying to make some moves and let's see what happens there's uh less than three weeks now until the nhl trade deadline uh so let's see what unfolds here dennis it's it's going to be a real interesting three weeks and it's going to be get tougher and tougher to focus on the games as they as go through if you look at it i don't know the exact time metric we might have uh <laughs> we might have covered half of the podcast as the game and the other half as trade talk and this you're you're right it's gonna be like this all the way until the trade deadline uh like I mentioned, there's a lot to be done. Maybe it'll happen sooner. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have to wait for the deadline. But it's inexcusable for Ken Holland to yeah. not do anything that moves the needle. Absolutely. One more time, guys. Thanks for everyone in chat showing up. I see a bunch of new people. Super Strike, Tim McLaughlin, uh, you know, continuing on. it. There says there's 44 people watching now. If you get, we don't have 44 likes. Our like goal Dennis set today was uh, 36. You guys want to hit that like button one more time. We're going to hit that at well after the show ends. It was an afternoon game. It was a kind of weird time. So want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, it was very fun, especially thank you to Chris Johnston, fellow SDPN employee and podcast host, for dropping that bomb and just completely taking my focus off the game because that's what this show needed was for me to not be focused. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, guys. I know Dennis and I will be back next week. I think the Oilers play Detroit on Wednesday. Uh, Avery will have the show tomorrow. It's going to be a great show. Another 10.30 a.m. start. It's going to be perfect time for Black Mascara, but hope to see you guys all there. Uh, and anything else? Dennis, where can they find you? At Dennis Lee Y-E-G on Twitter and Zach. Where can they find you? You can find me at ZWheel97 on Twitter. Thanks for showing up. That's all from now. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.